Sustainer Rumble is a part of Cut Print Podcast Network. Big thanks to the show managers, producers, and audio engineers for making this episode possible. You can follow Cut Print Podcast Network's official channels on Facebook, Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And also browse through their awesome lineup of podcasts you'll surely get obsessed with. So it's like, if I want to be a tiny bit sustainable and deal with my waste a little bit, that's not allowed. It has to be all or nothing. And that stops so many people from even getting involved in the first place. In particular, in a place like the Philippines, where we don't have the infrastructure or services yet to make it really easy for someone to properly deal with their waste. That, again, is Joseph Worker, back for another time on The Waste Issue. He argues that more often than not, Big challenges that require the participation of the bigger public requires dramatic changes in lifestyle and new, bold habits. But definitely an activity won't become a habit unless it is sustainable and repeatable from person to person. This works on the policy level too, as we look for amended waste management laws such as the RA 9003 or the Solid Waste Management Act of 2001 that seeks to materialize the solutions and undertakings needed to minimize our waste issue. The RA 9512 or the Environmental Education and Awareness Act of 2008 is another prime example as it seeks to educate the public about their part in conserving the environment, including waste disposal. Not only do these policies need updating, but the provisions have to be manageable, implementable, and supported by the government. My view on this is, um, is simple, it's data. So encouraging people to, to be aware right, of their waste footprint and find ways to be sustainable comes down to what we were talking about earlier, it's awareness. Now, something I constantly find is that if it's not tangible, then people don't really feel the impact of what they're doing. Data, the new oil as we call it, is arguably the most valuable resource today as insights are now the key to intercepting analysis on trends, behaviors, outlooks, and patterns with actionable solutions. How else can data become even more valuable than bringing it to the grassroots level? But if we can actually provide proper data and show people that, look, your impact is this percentage of this. This is the good that you've done as an actual data point, and they can even track that. This is Sustainer Rumble, the podcast that explores critical issues on sustainable development in the Philippines. I'm Chantal Nieto. I am Joas Maridumdum. And I am Siki Asinas. In this episode, we explore how money can be made out of trash. The widespread waste issue that transcends the boundaries of metro cities involves infrastructural, political, mindset, and behavior shifts that need to happen. For one, the biggest considered constraint is the contradicting NIMBY, N-I-M-B-Y, or the not-in-my-own-backyard mindset, where households that recognize the need for proper waste disposal but go on to say, just don't dump them in our neighborhood. An added insult to injury is that those cities that built controlled dump sites have not totally 
establish a safe and a controlled process in dumping wastes. Another thing that has slowed down progress in addressing this challenge is funding. The construction, implementation, and operation of such facilities require funding that a lot of LGUs do not have budgets for to begin with. The provision of current laws as written lack the comprehensiveness needed for each LGU to have a proper framework to follow and then localize and adapt according to their respective towns or cities' needs. Beyond these, we might also note that the short tenures of administrations on a local and national level, coupled with the apparent need to change the agendas or projects of administrations as they change, can cripple even the best waste management and disposal strategies present on a community level. Lastly, policies are overlapping, which results in the negation of a policy's benefits over the other. Take, for example, the passing of the 1999 Clean Air Act, which also meant banning the operation of sanitary landfills in terms of incineration. The reason for banning is that old incineration machines only operate below 1,000 degrees Celsius, which more often than not produces our favorite, sarcastically friend, carbon dioxide. Modern machines go away beyond 1,000 degrees Celsius limit, which eliminates all toxic gases and won't require methane capture, which also produces way more carbon dioxide. Those landfills without methane capture allows methane to escape into the air, which makes it 34 times more harmful to their environment. And since incineration is prohibited, this could not be suppressed. All these in mind, it's very important to revisit the policies we have and strengthen the ways we communicate the fact that waste and all other environmental challenges we face are exacerbated by the traditional ways we produce and consume goods. These policies were passed two decades ago, and the original provisions are still in place. It definitely can be time for a relook. Moving forward though, what else can we do on a community level to augment our current waste collection methods? Uh, before the arrival of plastics here in the Philippines, Filipinos have been practicing the takal system or by the gram or by the ounce when they buy anything from soy sauce, salt, vinegar, and even the soaps. And when plastic arrived, it brought convenience, it brought easy access to many things. That, again, is Jason Villiesa. Shelf life had been a major driver. And then, before our RA9003 has been conceptualized or materialized, and before the arrival of or the term MRF has been come into play, there are already junk shops the Bacal Bote, Jario, Collectors. So maybe we can uh, or we, we must uh, recognize this uh, industry or it, actually they have business permits, but the waste speakers or the collectors of these recyclables, the informal economy, we must uh, professionalize or maybe uh, recognize their existence. Most waste pickers here in the urban areas are considered illegal, unlike before. So employing them or making them collect your waste would be is considered illegal and you are subject to fines and penalties. And I think that's, that's not what we want because these people are 
just want to earn and they help in waste diversion actually and these collection centers or the MRFs if waste are segregated properly and they're not as dirty as uh, they are they, they can coexist with the subdivisions and villages on schools they now require MRF so I think they won't it's not an, a problem anymore it's also being implemented the material recovery system if you don't have an MRF you can have a memorandum of agreement with junk shop or trading center for your uh, recyclable or still usable waste to be processed so I think we can still improve a lot with this existing system. Waste picking is not a very undignified activity after all. We all know that those that collect metals, plastics, and papers earn coins from each piece that they trade in junk shops. But if you quantify that in bulk, it'll earn the waste picker enough to buy food for the day at least. This is what folks call pera sa basura, in Tagalog which translates to money and garbage. And even fancier, one man's trash is another man's treasure. In junk shops, recycling companies, buyers, like there is this enormous ecosystem. And you know, this is just one of the things we've we've really been trying to tackle with with humble. Like we literally our whole vision is bringing that ecosystem online and professionalizing that and not taking business away from them, but actually empowering them and helping them being able to connect with one another essentially through technology, through innovation and through logistics, essentially, to really put that as a full circle so that we connect consumers and people who have waste and trash with people who can really use it, stop it going to the landfill, bring it back into circularity, and those people can actually make a living from that. And I won't be surprised if those junk shops and privately owned waste collection facilities by common folks living in high-density communities would get their junk shops online and systematize the waste retrieval process from scheduling a collection to actual collection and processing. Maybe they can reward points to incentivize those people that segregate the trash and give them to collectors to receive incentives based on some sort of metric or quantity. These are different things to commercialize and make us a livelihood. And even the startup accelerators are working these endeavors to bridge financial, mentorship, network, and work support. Economic opportunities considered, our consumption definitely serves as a critical factor in all of this. Economic progress definitely induced more production and consumption over the past three to four decades. But as we're seeing, these new initiatives and opportunities seem to be the new form of progress today. So should we innovate more or should we consume less? You know what, guys? <laughs> Being a plantito, you know, in real life is perhaps one of the best things I've started last year. I may have gone along with the trend, but you know what? I'm thankful I did nonetheless. I totally dig this newfound love of yours, Jonas. My mom loves gardening, and every morning I've been assisting her to maintain and grow our plants. I must admit that it's one of the most therapeutic things you can ever do in a day. You know that feeling when you get up in the morning and the sun is just high up, then you go outside to your terrace or wherever to check on your plants? Then, 
I don't know, watering them gives a similar feeling to meditating. It's just so light and nice. Simple joys and all that jazz eventually does not need to be an expensive lifestyle. For as low as 300 pesos, you can get a very pretty potted plant from Isa's Plant Bar that will add more color to your room, or better yet, add more life on your work desk as you carry on with your day-to-day backlogs. They get everything plant-related, from plants, to the soil, the rocks, and the pots. Check out Isa's Plant Bar on Facebook and find that there is a special service where you can just send the name or the photo of the plant you want and the plant bar will find it for you. And as they say, a greener home starts with a plant baby. I think right now, we need to innovate in order to reduce waste generation. That again is Angela Aquino. Our existing system is made for continuous consumption. Like, for example, um, appliances are made to to not work after a few months. Even phones, even laptops, even clothes are made to be thrown away for just after a few wears. So I think um, in order to go back to how we were before and also to cater to the Um, increasing needs of the people today. We need to be able to innovate and improve our systems in order to reduce waste generation. Then Jason sees hitting two birds with one stone. And another perspective on achieving or hitting those two birds with consuming less and innovating at the same time is, for example, uh, applying innovative solutions in urban gardening, like aquaponics or hydroponics, you consume less space and less land with less pollution, but you maximize the output of, or yield of the crops or vegetables that you're growing. And also, you consume less uh, waste by reducing the uh, travel time or the overall material input and output by uh, instilling farm-to-table approach. Whether consuming less or innovating more would alleviate this issue best, let's not forget that today's most valuable resource, data, is the key to understanding this issue's root causes, patterns, and leverage points. And what's great about it is that working with data doesn't rest solely on the hands of the IT guys. Data is one thing, but making sense of and analyzing it to create sound and strategic initiatives and policies is definitely another thing altogether. With a more holistic and sound usage across all stages, we can have pretty exciting times ahead of us. I think we need to create awareness, we need transparency, we need all of these things come up with some really nice, simple, but sophisticated data points so that we in this country can actually think about our waste footprint by seeing it in front of us and seeing that the good things that we do result in good numbers. And then hopefully that will inspire people to continue. Being responsible does not need to be grand, regardless how big you know the waste issue is. Simple steps that you could sustain and consistently do every day is something you need to maybe want to consider. It is not to be to be difficult or novel or articulate. An effort is an effort, and when compounded, could amount to a big change we're longing to see both on data sheets and on faces of people around us. And to create change, it really is just starting point from one or two tiny steps. 
And that could be something extremely small, right? It could just be dealing with, you know, purely how I cope with glass bottles for the very first month or whatever it may be, or something else. It could maybe if we're not even talking about waste and sustainability in general, it could be something about just unplugging your phone at night. But these tiny steps, which I think people can start getting involved with, will then create this domino effect where it becomes uh, you know, almost like a hobby. So they start doing two or three more steps. They tell their friends about it. They inspire others. They tell their families about it. This then really becomes a movement where we're actually changing the way that we live as consumers. On the next episode of Brumble Talks, one common pattern, I suppose, among all of these different possibilities is always, what is that abundant resource in your community that is so present and is so present in such a large quantity that it's become a waste? And how could you turn it into something else? How could you turn it into a raw material for something that can be of use, such as energy? Stay tuned as we share our personal thoughts on the widely neglected waste management and disposal issue. Don't forget to follow us here wherever you're listening and tick the Get Notified on New Episodes switch to receive push notifications the moment we drop the next episode. And be an official rumbler by joining our community group today so that you can get in touch with our growing community, participate in discussions, and share valuable content that would help other people learn a bit 